This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If you're a veteran and you're struggling or feel like you're leading a path towards the darkness, stop and think about those who are around you. Think about how they truly value you, how they will miss you. You are not alone. You need to talk to someone. Someone will listen to you. If you feel like you're a burden to those you love or your family members, you're embarrassed to talk to them, reach out to the hotline at 988 and take option one. That's 988 and press option one. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you are a new listener, thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. It's the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell. This will keep you up to date with our latest news episodes and, of course, the stories of our guests. Speaking of which, our next guest is a genealogist, mindset coach, and host of Stories in Our Roots podcast. With a bachelor's degree in family history, uh, genealogy, and 20 years of experience helping people discover the stories of their ancestors, she knows the clarity, confidence, and perspective that comes from spending time in the branches of your family tree. When she's not exploring family trees, she's knitting lace shawls, taking care of her Welsh harlequin ducks, and trying to understand her teenage son as he discusses quantum mechanics. So without further ado, let's welcome to the show, Heather Murphy. Welcome, Heather. Hey, thanks for having me here. It's great to have you here. It's great to get connected in this uh, wild world we have now. It's easy to find each other online and, and do these things. So it's great to have you here. I'm glad we're able to talk about genealogy tonight. As uh, I had some uh, good news from my genealogy traits last year. So I'll let you get your story going first. Then we'll chat a little bit about my my journey and that stuff as well. So if you don't mind, just please share a little bit about your background that I didn't share there to, to where we are now. 
All right. Well, I have been interested in family history since I was a preteen. And I come from a family where on one side we know pretty much, quote unquote, everything. It's been really well researched. And then the other side where we know a good amount, but not everything. So there's still more to be discovered. And as I've grown in my love for family history and family and history and combining everything together, I've come to see that people don't use family history as much as they could. Like everybody says, oh, my grandma does it, or I just, I'll do it when I'm older, but they're missing out on the benefits that they could have now. And so that's kind of where I've shifted, not just researching for people, but showing them how knowing the stories of their ancestors can make their life better today. That's awesome. And you said one side, your family, I think that's probably the truth with almost every family. They know one side very well because they're close to that one where that line is, has been in the same area for decades and generations. And then the other side is that one that it's hard to find anything past maybe mom and dad and grandpa. And then after that, it's all, maybe I'll find it. So is it, which side of your family was easy to find mom or dad? Dads. Dad. Um, we had a lot of people that were, had been doing, researching the family for decades. Whereas on my mom's side, my grandma was the first one to start piecing together everything. And she's like the person in the family who knows everything. Um, but she's in her eighties now. And it's kind of up to me to kind of be the next person to, to carry that on because she's not going to be around forever. Definitely. And if, if you don't ask her the questions now, you, you'll lose them forever too, unless she, she wrote them down in journals and such. Right. I know my wife's family, her grandfather, he had like volumes of books in his study of all the studies he did on the genealogy. He had them all the way back to probably the 1500s, their side of the family. So I was, I was always in awe when I went up there and seen these books. I thought they were just regular history books and they were the whole family. I was, this is amazing. But of course we lost him way too soon before we can digitize all that stuff. And hopefully they're mm -hmm. still in one piece and maybe one day we'll be able to get back up there and do that. Yeah. Um, but it's just amazing that what you can find when you look in your family history, when you look beyond just collecting the dates and places and like filling in the slots on your family tree, but when you dig into the stories of those people and what their lives were like and how that affected the next generation and their experiences affect the next generation, um, it's just really intriguing to me. Yes, it is. And this year, I think when they declassified the 1950s census, so that was pretty eye-opening for us and our family to see what our grandparents were doing and uh, who was with them right at that point. What part, which one of our aunts and uncles were still there or, or there already and seeing what their careers were because we never really knew what their careers were. And so that was the eye-opener for us. Yeah, it's those censuses are like a nice little snapshot of your family during that time. And each year they kept track of different information. So like, one year you'll find out how many children they had in their family and how many are still alive, or you'll find out their occupations or what year they immigrated. There's just, I, census records are one of my favorite things and one of the easiest records to find for your family. Yeah, I think it's an awesome asset that more people needs to need to use. I mean, now we have all the DNA things online where you could give your DNA to 23andMeAncestry.com and 
hope that something comes back from that that is useful to you. And sometimes there is because someone else in your family has done the test as well at this time or someone a little further down the line has done the test. And that brings that link. Has anyone that you have worked with found links that they didn't even know they had using that stuff? Uh, I actually had someone reach out to me on my personal line and she's like, hey, we're cousins somehow, but I can't figure it out. And so I sat down and, and looked at the shared matches that we had so I could tell what branch of the family we were, we were related on and said, oh, you're, you should have these people in your family tree. And she's like, I don't have those people. So it turned out that her mother's father wasn't who they thought it was, and it was a relation of mine. So we were able to kind of give her one of three brothers of who it would be, and her her mother was had Alzheimer's, so they couldn't really talk to her anymore about it. But interestingly enough, she had gone to high school with my aunt, and so she kind of knew our family before she knew she was related to our family and so that made it a little bit easier for her to, to have that news because they already had a connection. Definitely. I'm, I'm sure the shocker of knowing, uh, thinking who you know is, is someone not being that same person really there, that, that probably opens their eyes a lot. Last March, uh, me and my wife had done the 23 and me, I think a year prior, and we got the results on Thanksgiving. We laughed at them. Oh, because, you know, most, most of our relatives came from Europe and spread around Europe. And it, mine was mostly Italy. Hers was uh, England, Ireland, and such. And then the, both of us had Africa in there. And then last March, I was driving to a job site in East Tennessee. And I got a, a, a message from my brother who said, are you on this website? I said, yeah. He said, well, my daughter's trying to reach out to you. I said, I talked to your daughter the other day, the one I know. He said, no, my other daughter. So I, I found out I had a niece, 29 years old. And now me and her actually have a relationship. So it's pretty neat. Mm -hmm. So I think there's two sides to that coin. Sometimes it's so great when those family connections are made. And then sometimes <laughs> they're unexpected and can cause some families troubles. So never do a DNA test if you're not willing to either find a problem or find a situation that it's uncomfortable or to be the answer to somebody else's question that's trying to find out who they are. Definitely, and and see what they've missed maybe all their life at that point. Say, hey, I missed my uncles and aunts or even cousins. I didn't know I had cousins all these years. Now I have cousins all of a sudden. So it's amazing how DNA can be integrated with genealogy and you can connect yourself to so many more people than you ever would have otherwise. Definitely. And uh, have you seen a lot more people go to the DNA path as they start doing their ancestry or just stay with the ancestry, like try to go through volumes and volumes of history to try to identify their family? Um, it's kind of a mixture because it, it depends on how much people know about themselves already and what starting off information that they have. So if you know very much about your grandparents, it's pretty easy to find, like I was saying, in census records to jump on Ancestry or Family Search and find more information about them. But for those people who really don't have much to go on, then that's where the DNA can really, really help them in, in making those connections. Well, I bet, yeah. And, and it probably solidifies some of their research, too, if they've just done paper research to say, this that really is Aunt, Aunt B from 
West by God, Virginia or something. So Right. Yeah, because you never know. Every once in a while, something slips into the tree and your DNA results don't match the paper files. So you get to try and figure out why. Right. And the shock, your shock at that point is, oh, I was adopted or I was not adopted or something like that. Yeah. Or even back generations, like your grandparents or great, great grandparents, you can see that things aren't lining up. And even a few generations back, you can see, oh, something happened back there. Somebody was adopted that they never were told they were adopted or, or there was some other things going on. So it's, it's definitely one of the tools like professional genealogists just use sometimes to verify that paper. Um, because if there's enough shared matches out there that for the DNA, you can pretty much confirm your family tree. Outstanding. And it, as you do these studies, uh, does it help the person develop, a, I guess, a deeper self-identity as they learn more of their past generations to see what things they're doing now? Yeah, it really does. And it's it's really neat to see different people connect with different things in their family past. I had uh, one woman I was talking to, she was in a master's program for um, urban development. And she, through her research, learned that she had uh, so many great grandfather who founded his own town oh, wow. and had that sense of community. <laughs> and so then as she's going through this graduate program, then she's not just thinking that she's isolated, like that's just her thing. She's continuing something on that's in her blood. And it just really gives people a, a deeper self-identity, like you're saying, because they know that they're not just alone, that they're connected to something really deep. And that kind of empowers them to say, if I have this running through me, then what kind of an impact can I have moving forward? Because I'm building on something that somebody else started, not just that I started. Right. And I'm sure for that person going for the master's in that in urban development, her great, great, whatever grandfather had his own town developed that had to increase the confidence as she was moving forward in that program and into her future. Absolutely. And, and she could see that you know, that was part of her family legacy that she didn't know about, but now that she did, she could amplify it even more. Definitely. And uh, I think uh, that probably helps her as she pushes forward. And if she has children, they'll see what she's doing and then she'll tell them what she found out and it'll just continue for the next few generations, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they, if they grasp on. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it, it, when you, do all this ancestral uh, research and you find out things that your family has gone through, through generation and generation, does that help you build your resilience or show you where your resilience might've come from? Absolutely. Um, kind of our, our trend in society is to look outward, look at sports figures or movie stars to find these people to emulate. But what if you look at those people that, you share blood with that their story created you and you can see that it wasn't just that they turned 21 and then all of a sudden they were successful they had ups and downs in life if you trace somebody's whole life and you you dig into those records like newspapers and court records where you really can get a more of the story of a person then you can see that 
life is not linear. It goes up and down. That was normal for them. They were still able to accomplish something, even when bad things happen, children dying, droughts that wipe out your farm, um, all sorts of things. You can say, okay, they did that. I can go forward. One of the women I was talking to said that she was researching her family and she had um, an ancestor from Hawaii. And she and her husband were going to immigrate to the United States and they had all the plans set and then he died. But she decided to keep up with that plan. She immigrated by herself, traveled into the interior of the United States, endured leprosy um, and persecution because she was Hawaiian. And this woman, as she's looking back at that ancestor, she's like, if that ancestor can do that, can survive through that and still be a, a figurehead in the family, then I can, I can ch- face my challenges. I can get through them. And so it just really helps to have that perspective that, yes, it might be bad right now, but you can not only draw on your own strength to be resilient, but on the strengths of generation past to help you through things. Definitely. And that's a, that's a pretty resilient uh, story there. Suffered through a loss of a husband, leprosy, much as that leprosy was, whoa, that's what had to be yeah. long ago. So, but that's still, that's something that we don't hear a lot about now, but you know, it was a tough time when they went through that to know that they were able to battle through that and still, like you said, be the head of the family and, you're here because they were tough back then. Mm-hmm. So that I means mm-hmm. you, you, you can't rest on that. You got to put the picture on the wall, maybe try to draw a picture of that and say, I'm strong too. And it's every day when you're feeling down, I don't have leprosy. I can move forward and I can get right. out. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big plus right there. So yeah. do you find uh, when you're helping people, uh, I guess, navigate through their tree, their family tree, does it, you see them become a closer family unit as they start to learn more things about each other and their family? Yeah. And, you know, it's different for everyone because everybody has their own family struggles and their own family dynamics. Um, But it can really help to understand why different family members are the way they are. Um, There's a woman called Iris. She didn't understand why her parent, why her father parented the way he did. She just didn't get along with it, didn't understand why he did it. But then in her early 20s, she decided to learn more about his ancestry. And she found out that when he was nine years old, they lived in Puerto Rico, he would take a ferry by himself to the capital city to shine shoes to earn money for his mother's medicine because she was sick and that she died when he was 11. And then he and all his siblings were taken away from his father because his father wasn't able to take care of them and give them to to another family to be raised in. And then she learned more about his father and the, his mother had died, his sister had died. So you see like these tragedies happen in the generations before just that one or two generations. And then she's like, now I understand my dad better. I understand like, what would it be like to be 11 and have your mom died and kind of uprooted and, she had more compassion for her dad because she understood his story and understood that background that was that he had. And so she could have more compassion with him. 
Wow, that, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm sure to, that helped them become a closer family unit as well. So that's really yeah. good. And then just sharing stories with people like your siblings or cousins shooting out a photo and saying, "Does who remembers this photo and what was happening and having people write back what they remember from that and seeing the different memories that different family members have. And sometimes people have certain family members that maybe aren't as close or not, but as you reach out with these, these family history things or sending out little stories about a certain ancestor, then that can kind of give you something in common that you have with some of your family members that relations might be a little sticky. Definitely. And on the, on the other side of the break, we'll continue this conversation on genealogy and uh, find out more great stories that you have uh, found uh, during your 20 years of doing this. How many car ads have you seen with grandiose speeches over the years? Big declarations, making claims to some overarching human truth. Companies call these commercials manifestos. There's your manifesto. You're in the big leagues when you make a perfect slide. You're in the big leagues when you keep the team alive. You're in the big leagues when you block a shot or two. You're in the big leagues when you're in the big leagues too. Big league chew, man-sized wads of great-tasting shredded bubble gum stuffed into a giant Stay Fresh pouch for big league flavor and big league bubbles. It's big league chew. You're in the big leagues, but you're in the big league chew. All right, welcome back um, again here with Heather Murphy, a genealogist and legacy builder. We were talking about genealogy and the study of uh, finding out our our past, and we we've touched a lot of the positives of doing this and the things that can help you along the way. And I know there has to be the other side of that coin. Other negatives to finding out your pat your family's past. Yeah, and we we talked about it a little bit. You just had to be prepared for the unexpected. Whether it's finding something when you do a DNA test that's unexpected or finding family stories that kind of are jarring to you that maybe you don't meet your same ideals of what's acceptable and what's not. Um, I had talked to a woman who had who was German and she was pretty much raised by her grandfather. And she just adored him. And sometime after her, his death, she was going through his books and found a little journal that he had written. And so she's reading through this about his time um, in Berlin during World War II as a doctor taking care of people. And she comes to find out that he was part of the Nazi party. And that really, really shook her up. She put it on the shelf and she left it for decades because she wasn't ready to reconcile that. She had this, she loved her grandfather so much. He was so kind and caring and she didn't know how to reconcile that with being a member of the Nazi party. And so finally, after decades, it had been weighing on her and her husband finally convinced her to like face it on. It was time to deal with it. So she read through the rest of the journal. She did more research to find out 
more background on exactly like what kind of people joined the Nazi party and, and what was the ideology before the Holocaust began. And, and so it took a lot of time and not everything necessarily wasn't settled, but eventually she was able to, to let herself explore that story more. So sometimes it takes a long time when you come across something for you to be ready to deal with it. And then other times people are like, nope, head on, let's just learn how what's going on and we can do what we can moving forward. So it, you just need to be prepared for the unexpected and then give yourself time to process things and don't be judgmental about yourself. Like, oh, well, that was a hundred years ago. It shouldn't affect me that way. It can affect you any way it will. And you just need to give yourself time and let yourself process it. I'm sure uh, many people don't understand the good, bad, and ugly portion of uh, doing research on themselves. And you have to take the good, the bad, and of course the ugly, like uh, you just described, something that's ugly to you now based on what you learned from history about the Nazi party. And uh, that shock and awe could cause a lot of problems in, you, in, your, in your mind and, of course, in your family if you let it get to you. But it, it's always also good to understand, like you said, the background to the why behind it. Why did why did he wind up in that party and things like that? Because sometimes they didn't have a choice; they either do it or they were also the person getting getting taken care of by the rest of the party. So mm -hmm. you have to take the good with the bad there. Yeah, and then also like being careful when you look at your ancestors and trying not to do it with judgment. Trying to just like be an observer and see what happened in life. Be curious about why they might have done things, go look and find different research, historical articles or things that aren't necessarily genealogy, but give you a better context of what was going on in history. And just learn what you can, because we, even though you can learn a lot about a person, you can't learn everything. And so you don't know what their motivations were necessarily, unless they like actually wrote it out in a journal. But that doesn't happen very often. And just like you're not perfect, don't expect your ancestors to be perfect. And just look at them in a in a way where you are learning from not only their strengths, but also their weaknesses so that you can live better than they did, which is what most of our ancestors want. They want the next generations and the generations after to live better than they did. Right, and have a better chance in their life than they did in theirs, so they didn't have to, I guess, fight as hard to get what they what they have. They, hopefully, those lessons uh, steamroll down or domino up the generations to help everyone get easier and easier as they go forward. So, as um, if someone's just starting out with uh, trying to find their family, what's the best way to start? Is it to go to local records or local records where they think their family is from? Is that the easiest place to go? Well, really, the best part is talk to your family members because you never know who has a box in their attic or who, oh, well, this family member does it and gather what's already been put together or just talk to those relatives, your parents and your grandparents and get their stories. Um, sometimes people are on a real big rush to like push back those generations, but it's best to just take it one generation at a time and see what you can learn because then that will give you guidance to know where to look. For instance, if you just know that your great grandfather died in the United States, 
in the Western part of the United States, it's really hard to find out where the records are for that because death records are organized by state. So you'd have to go like through each state looking for them. Whereas if you talk to a family member and they can tell you, oh, he died in California, then that helps you know what records to go to. So then after you've done that initial thing and you've talked to that those people, you've got kind of a, a baseline to go from, then go to the records. And so we've got a ton of information online. You have Ancestry.com, you have FamilySearch. Ancestry has a subscription, though they do have some databases that are free. FamilySearch is completely free. Um, and, and start with those census records because they are indexed really well. They're really easy to find and they give you a framework for being able to find other records. Outstanding. I think it was last year, year before my wife were in New York City and we got stuck in a trench downpour. So we were right outside the main library. So we just went there and hung out during the storm. And we wound up in the, the manifest aisles where all the ships from Italy came in, all the ships came to Ellis Island. And I found my grandfather's family just by chance. So I just picked the right book somehow. And it was not no plan. I just picked it up, started going through it. It's, Whoa, this is it. And I was, I was in shock and I was like, I don't wonder if I could take a picture of this. This would be great. But so I found out just by picking up a book, I found some things I would have never known. And that's amazing. And those things in genealogy happen more often than you would think where it just, you happen to be in the right place at the right time to talk to um, somebody else. Um, I just had a friend of mine who went to Scotland to kind of visit some of their family places. And they were trying to get a hold of the um, family castle so that they could go and tour that or the, the mansion, the kind of in between. And they couldn't ever get a hold of anybody. But finally, right when they were there, they finally got a hold of somebody. And they were there during the one week out of the year that they opened the family home for public tours. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's just amazing. Sometimes these, you just happen to, it just happens to come together. Just stumble upon it. That's the best way. That's the best way yeah. to learn. Stuff. Just stumble upon. I think that was a website for a while, stumbleupon.com. But it wasn't for this probably. It was probably something totally different and horrible, but that thing was. <laughs> so Heather, how does someone get in contact with you to have you help them find this path or coach them in, this, in the, their ancestry and genealogy building? My website is heathercmurphy.com or you can reach me on pretty much any social media platform at MS Heather Murphy. Uh, Heather, thank you for taking some of your time tonight to hang out with us and, and share your knowledge of genealogy. It was a fun chat and I hope everyone got something out of it. Oh, it's been a pleasure to be here. All right. Thank you. So thanks for checking us out and thanks Heather again for taking some of your time to share your journey with the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also get some Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling because you know we are the Misfit Nation.